for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled, a voice is heard in Ramah. Weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream again to Joseph while he was in Egypt and said, get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. And so he got up, he took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was still afraid to go there. And so having been warned in a dream again, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And so was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh God, as we consider this familiar narrative, we pray for understanding as to who you are, who we are, and what kind of relationship that you're calling into us with you, with ourselves, and with each other. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope everyone had a, a Merry Christmas, and that you got everything on your Christmas wish list. Did that happen? But, by the way, again, Derek already mentioned, but we've got a lot of Advent Hoopers traveling all over the world, and a lot of you who are visiting uh, New York or Advent Hope for the first time, and so if you're new today or you're coming back from being gone for a long time, Chris Travers uh, in particular, we welcome you back to Advent Hope and welcome you to Advent Hope again uh, today. So, again, I hope everything was achieved on your holiday Christmas a list, and we're looking forward to the new year, and so we're in the midst of our Advent Now Christmas teaching uh, series, and so today we're looking again at this familiar story of uh, Joseph and Mary, and we see that right off the bat as we uh, thinking about the end of this year that Joseph and Mary were keenly familiar with the idea of having disrupted plans. Uh, Mary, just to recap a little bit of the story, so Mary, a young woman, who was pledged to be married, uh, found herself at the work of God uh, pregnant before she was uh, married. And so certainly this was a disruption, one that she uh, gladly received, but it was a disruption to her uh, plans. 
Joseph, her husband-to-be, also had, we can imagine, all kinds of uh, plans for their marriage that did not include his wife-to-be becoming pregnant before they were married. And so uh, Joseph uh, faced that disruption of having his plans uh, changed. Uh, They then were, after getting married, they were required to return to their homeland. So the... uh, the degree had gone out that everybody had to go back to the land of their forefathers, and so Joseph takes Mary late in the pregnancy uh, down to the town of Bethlehem, and so this was a disruption of their normal plans. We can imagine that they were not anticipating having to make such a trip in the late months of a pregnancy. And so then, of course, the disruption of the baby uh, coming while they were in a place where they didn't even have a, a proper a room, one of our our questions was about where Jesus was born, and we said it's stable. That's certainly true. I actually learned something, in my, which is always fun, learned something in the research for today that uh, modern scholars think that it probably was not a separate building, that uh, the stable was probably in the house, because that was the custom of the time, that the animals would gather in the, maybe the lower level of the area of the uh, house, and so the animals in the manger were probably just in a room where the animals would, would gather. It wasn't necessarily a separate uh, barn. And so they were in, though, an area where you wouldn't normally put uh, the guests. And so uh, this was certainly a disruption to the plan. I'm sure that uh, Mary and Joseph were not anticipating that the baby would be born and have to be placed in a manger in the animal's shelter. And so a disruption to their plans. Uh, their recovery was also disrupted. I mean... Uh, I know some of you are, are on the verge of having babies very soon, and I just uh, can promise you that in those hours after the birth of the baby, the last thing that you want to have happen is a bunch of old, uh, I'm going to say smelly, but I, because I imagine that they are, but smelly shepherds who have been out with the, the living with the animals in the fields, the last thing is that you want to happen is for them to show up on your doorstep to see the the baby. And so, and yet this is what happened. So this, again, disruption to their plans, their recovery was interrupted by uh, shepherds who had been out with the, the flocks, living with the flocks at night. Uh, and now, rather than having a peaceful couple of months after the birth, uh, they are interrupted again by the fact that they have to escape as political refugees to a foreign country. They have to go down to Egypt. And so we're talking about two people who have experienced a lot of disruptions. Now, I think this has some relevance for us as we think about 2019, the year, if you will, of disruptions. A lot of uh, the, the, the media coverage right now is calling 2019 the worst year on, which may be a little hyperbolic, but worst year on record, maybe not. Uh, one year that we wish we could cancel. Everybody is ready to be done with 2019. And for good reason, there were a lot of disruptions in 2019. And so we know, too, what it's like to be uh, disrupted, to have our plans adjusted and changed. And so now I would imagine that you're thinking about uh, the year to come, 2020, and you have plans for 2020. You have uh, exciting things that you want to see happen. But I promise you that in 2020, you will also experience some disruptions to your plan. And so this story of Mary and Joseph and all the disruptions that they had to face, in particular this disruption of being, had to, having to escape from the, the country of origin and become political refugees, uh, this has relevance for us 
to, today. They were people who were familiar with being, having their plans disrupted, and we too uh, can resonate with that because I'm sure all of you have experienced disruptions this year as well. And so you have hopes, you have dreams for 2020, you have vacation plans, you have plans to, to succeed in your career and to, to make money, you have plans for relationships, and God willing, all of those will go well, but the reality is, because you live on planet Earth, there are some disruptions that are guaranteed to happen in your future and in your plans, and so uh, this is the world in which we live, and we've got to wrestle with this. I mean, this isn't shocking news that things are going to come up that are going to disrupt your plans. But the real question is, what is it about disruptions that rob us of our peace? Uh, because this is the, the real challenge, right? Like, okay, it's one thing that things happen different than we plan, but for many of us, when things happen that are different from what we plan, it, it, it robs us of our peace. We become annoyed and irritated, or we, 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 we start to, to just feel like everything is not going to be okay. And so what is it about disruptions uh, to our plans that rob us of our peace? And uh, there's a bunch of responses to that question, but there are a couple that I'd like to share with you uh, today. Uh, first of all, our peace is robbed when we experience a disruption to our plans because we like to be in control. Uh, do you like to be in control? I mean, some of you, maybe this isn't a big deal, but some of us are a little bit of a control freaks, generally. And even if you're not a control freak, most of us like to have some control or autonomy over our life. I, I tend to be a little bit of, I'm going to just confess now, a little bit of, of a control freak, and I learned this uh, uh, very early on in my marriage. Um, we're just going in for confession. Actually, this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with my marriage, but when my wife and I were married oh so many years ago, 23 years ago now, we, the next day after we, we had the wedding, we got on a plane because we were going to live for the first year of our marriage in the Republic of China, Taiwan. And so we got on a plane, we journeyed, uh, we arrived in Taiwan, we were going to work in Taiwan for a year, and so... In, in Taiwan, most of the residents of Taiwan speak Mandarin, a language in which neither my wife nor I uh, speak. And so that was good, that was, that was exciting. We were hoping to learn a, a little bit of Mandarin, but of course when we get there, we don't know very much at all, and so we get there. And so then there was also like this, this, uh, this cultural uh, thing for those people who were like introducing us to the to the Taiwanese culture that involved them not giving us a lot of information about what was going to happen next. So I don't know if that, that was just our experience, but I think that, that was kind of a, 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 there was a little bit of a culture thing where like we're going to take these Americans and we're going to introduce them, but we're not going to give them all the details about where they're going. So things would happen like we would get up in the morning knowing that we were going to go somewhere, but nobody would tell us where we were going, and then everybody was speaking in another language, and we were like, and so it was at this moment that I realized, wait a second, I am a control freak, because I was having a very difficult time getting into a vehicle and being like, we're going to go away from the day, and I don't know where we're going, what's happening, where we're going to eat, what we're going to eat, what's going to happen, and so I, I'm confessing to you that I'm a control freak. Are there any other, you guys know what I'm talking about? Any other control freaks here? Okay. Um, anyway, I, so I got, a, I got a little bit of the control freak uh, thing going. And so the reality is, though, all of us like to have 
some control over our experience. And so when uh, disruptions come, that disrupts usually our ability to completely control things. When uh, Joseph is told to go to Egypt, suddenly he doesn't really have control over where they're going to live or what they're going to do. You've got to get up and you've got to go because you're going to be a refugee now. Lack of, of control, and that can rob us of our peace. There, is a, there was a study that, as I, I read it again this morning for 9 a.m., I realized just how horrific a study this is, so just buckle your seatbelts with me. Uh, so it's a study that was done in an old age home. So imagine elderly residents of a home. And researchers gave the members of one group of these old folks control over which plant to grow in their room and which movies to watch. This is horror. Okay, so one group of the, of, of the residents, they get to choose the plant they're going to water and that they're going to have in their room, and they're going to get to choose which movie to watch. And, and isn't that important? You want to be able to have control of, over what movie you're going you're to watch, right? So, okay, so one group gets control, but then the other group was denied any of this control. This is a horrible study, by the way. These researchers should be put in jail because listen what, to what happens. In the 18-month period that followed, the death rate of the second group was double that of the first. We should find those researchers and imprison them. But the point is clear, like not having control actually has a tremendous impact on our psyche and our, our ability to deal, deal with things. And so this robs us often of our peace when we don't have control because we like to be in control. And disruptions oftentimes will take that away from us and therefore take away our, our peace. Uh, secondly, our peace is robbed by d- disruptions because we fear the unknown. You know, we like to know what's going to happen. Again, this is back to, to, to me sitting in the, in, in, in the, in the vehicle every, every morning when I'm going off to places and I don't know where I'm, I'm going. Uh, that was irritating, but if, if, if it's someplace where like, you, you, it might be uh, treacherous, then there's fear of, of the unknown, fear of what's going to happen next. And certainly this is true when we think about our lives, the important things in our life, like what's going to be my next career move or what's going to happen in my relationship or you know, where am I going to find my next paycheck, paycheck from. Those things we fear and so we can lose our peace. And so our peace is, is robbed because we have this fear of the unknown. Uh, some psychologists actually have labeled this as uh, either A or the uh, great, great uh, uh, problem, a fundamental fear, the fear of the unknown. Like we, this, is, this is really the root of everything else is rooted in what we, being afraid of things that we don't know. And so, and you can see this play out in in society and maybe again in your own life, things that we don't know well or not knowing what the future is going to be, this can cause great, uh, great panic and can rob us of our uh, peace. And so finally, uh, the last uh, implication of having our peace robbed from us comes from the fact that, you know, if we're really, really honest with, uh, with ourselves, we all probably at some level have some uh, trust issue with God himself. You know, even though you might consider yourself a person of, of faith, the reality is that sometimes our peace is robbed when we face disruptions because we have some trust issue with God. Like we're not completely convinced 
that God has our best interests at heart. And so because of that, when things happen that are different than our plan, uh, our peace disappears and it dissipates. And so each of these, like we like to be in control, uh, we fear the unknown, and we have a a slight bit, even if we confess to be followers of of God, we have some some issue with whether we can really uh, trust God. And all of these elements uh, help our peace to be stolen from us when we face disruption. Now, this is obviously bad news because as we mentioned, you know, we have already, you, you have already faced a lot of disruptions in 2019 to your plans. And despite the, the rosy uh, prognox, pr- pr- prognostications, prognostications, thank you, uh, despite your, your rosy expectations, let's stick with that, a word I can actually pronounce, despite your rosy expectations for 2020, undoubtedly there are going to be disruptions to your plans, whatever they may be. And so the challenge is that the likelihood is, with this in mind, you are going to be faced with the challenge of losing your peace and maybe losing your cool along with it. You all with me? This is sleepy. Everywhere we're a little sleepy today. It's good. It's Christmas. A little too much eggnog. You guys like eggnog? Eggnog is a weird drink. It's eggs and milk and sugar. Delicious. Um, <laughs> all right, anyway, your, your peace is lost when you face disruptions, and this is a problem because 2020, you have plans for the future, but you are going to face disruptions, and so what do we do? We want to have peace. We're going to be faced with disruptions. And we're not very good at keeping our peace. When we have disruptions, what hope do we have? Well, the good news is that uh, Jesus uh, knows how to keep his cool. And he has done what we have been unable to do. Uh, Jesus gave up control himself, in fact, and faced the lack of control with peace. In Matthew chapter 26, we read this narrative. This is Jesus. Now he's talking to his disciples, one in particular. But he says, uh, this is, he, he's being arrested which is really kind of the ultimate losing, you know, having your life disrupted. I mean, once, if you get arrested, I have not been arrested yet. It could happen at any moment, but I've not been arrested yet. And uh, if you're arrested, it's like you're, 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 you're disrupted. Your plans are disrupted. You don't get to choose where you go, what you do, what you watch, what plant you get to have. Your plans are disrupted. And that can certainly make you lose your peace. But in Jesus' case, he is being dis- di- uh, disrupted. And he could have lost his peace. And what does he say to his disciples? He says, put back your swords. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Talking to his disciples. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? So Jesus faced this disruption of being arrested and he had the power to really take over the situation, uh, unlike most of us, if necessary. But he is willing and was willing to give up his own control and faced this disruption with peace. And so Jesus has done, as always, for us, what we are unable to do for ourselves. He's capable of doing things that we are incapable of doing. And so uh, that's great news, but it still leaves us kind of in a bad situation because Jesus was Jesus and we are 
are us, and we're going to be challenged when our disruptions are, are we face the disruptions, even if Jesus wasn't. But uh, things go a little bit further. And we're told that because Jesus did what he did, we have access to power that we would not have on our own. Jesus said this, this is a little before the narrative of him actually being arrested. In John chapter 14 and verse 26, Jesus says, uh, an advocate is coming. Uh, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. In fact, Jesus goes on to say that because he's leaving, the Holy Spirit is going to be able to come. All right? So because Jesus has done what he's done, he's empowered to give us the Spirit. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said. Peace I leave with you, therefore, Jesus says. So see, Jesus is getting right at the heart. Like He knows that the disciples' plans are going to be disrupted, and so he wants to assure them that because of his work, he is now enabled to give them the Spirit, which is going to enable them to have peace despite the challenges and adversity that they are going to face. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. I give to you as the Father. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. See, these are supposed to be words of comfort for Jesus who knows that his disciples are going to face a lot of disruptions. And so not just his disciples 2,000 years ago, but for those of us here who have chosen to believe and embrace the work of Jesus, Jesus promises that, look, disruptions are going to come, uh, but I have the Spirit to give you, and the Spirit can bring peace despite the circumstances that you might face. And so because Jesus lived, taught, died, and rose again, he is enabled to give us his Spirit, and his Spirit can help us to have peace despite the disruptions that are in our future. And so... It's good news. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, this is the Apostle Paul again talking about uh, this reality. He says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. This is Paul talking. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. So he's saying, I know what it's like to be in need. And it's one thing if you only know that experience, if you only know what it's like to, be, to need something. But Paul says, I actually also know what it's like to not be in the need, to have what I need. And so I can, I can, I've experienced both and I can compare both. And so I, I know both of these elements. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, that is one of the most quotable passages in all of the Bible, but oftentimes we hear it out of context. See, in context, I can do all this. You may be heard, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have you ever heard that before? That this is Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Paul says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength, and it's specifically in the context of, of having your expectations disrupted and yet still having peace. He's saying, Paul's saying, I can have peace whether I have plenty or I have a nothing. And that, that ability to have that peace 
doesn't come from some internal thing that you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna manufacture inside of you. No, it's something that comes outside of us, that it comes from God, and it comes because Jesus did what we were unable to do. And Jesus is now able to give his spirit. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul was very clear that his ability to have peace in that, despite of disruption doesn't come from himself, but comes from God as a gift. To keeping your cool uh, in the context of facing disruptions and distractions and, ad, and, and adversity comes from God, not from ourselves, and it's because of the great work of Jesus. And so, as we head into uh, 2020, uh, we are going to face disruptions. You know that. Uh, God has never promised, you've heard this before, maybe. God has never promised that we will not face disruptions. But God has promised that if we embrace him, he is able to give us peace despite the disruptions. And so this year, 2020, you are going to face some challenging circumstances. You're going to have plans about how things should go, and things are going to go differently than you anticipate. It's going to happen. That's just, you're on planet Earth, it's the way things work. There are going to be relationships that you wish worked out in one way, and they're going to work out in a different way. There's going to be jobs that you, you wish happened in a particular way or paid you in a certain way, and it's going to happen in a different way. There may be places that you want to live that aren't going to work out, and you're going to have to live in different circumstances. There are all kinds of things that are going to happen different than you anticipate that you want and are going to maybe disrupt your plans. And so the promise of God is not that you'll never face disruptions. You're going to face disruptions until that day when Jesus returns and all things are made new. Okay, but we're not there yet. When that happens, things are different. But right now, you're going to face disruptions. But the promise of God is that he can give peace through the power of the Holy Spirit despite those things. And so as we think of uh, 2020... Uh, May God do in us what we can't do for ourselves, bring peace despite adversity, whatever adversity is to come. Uh, how about this, Matthew chapter uh, 2 and verse 9. Uh, after Herod died, back to our text of emphasis, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream again to Joseph in Egypt, and he said, get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. See, in the end, God worked everything out. Were there disruptions? Did they have to be political refugees? Absolutely, that happened. But God was able to make all things new. And so Joseph and Mary had that experience, but they were renewed and things were, were, were uh, back again and they actually moved back to Nazareth and, 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 and all was well, but they certainly faced adversity and turmoil. And so we can take heart as we think about 2020 and entering this new year with our plans and our dreams that despite the things that may happen to those plans and dreams, God is able to give us peace so that we can enter the new year with hope that we're going to be okay, that everything is going to be okay. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, this last, last, last passage today, this is the Apostle Paul again talking about this issue of peace. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. This is a challenging assertion or command. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. 
the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I love this verse. And particularly, I love the idea of having our understanding transcended. Right? I have limited understanding. That's the whole problem, right? Like, I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm afraid of the unknown because I, I don't understand anything. And so the promise of Philippians chapter 2 is that God is able to bring peace that transcends all understanding, not just my understanding, but all human understanding. Peace that, that despite the adversity that I'm going to face in 2020, uh, is going to come and be there as a part of my experience as I hold on and embrace the work that Jesus has done on my behalf. A peace that is transcendent. It transcends anything that I can possibly imagine. And so, may we, as we enter into this new year to come, uh, may we experience the peace that comes from Christ, whatever our future holds. And may our hearts be guarded in Christ Jesus, as he does in us what we cannot do for ourselves. May we have all strength in him in this new year. Amen.